Welcome to Cato Daily Podcast for this Wednesday, April 25th. I'm your host, Anastasia Glova. The Social Security trustees released their annual report yesterday, unveiled to much cheer and optimism in the media. By looking at the program's finances, the trustees projected an extra year of viability for the Social Security Trust Fund. That means the crash won't happen until 2041. Well, that may be so, but good news, it is not. Not according to Cato's Director of Health and Welfare Studies, Michael Tanner, the guest for today's podcast. This annual report bodes well for the future of the Social Security Trust Fund, buying it an extra year. You don't seem thrilled. The important date in the trustees' report is 2017. That's the date at which Social Security will begin to run a deficit. That is, it will begin to spend more money on benefits than it's taking in through taxes. Most of the media has focused on the date of 2041, the date at which the trust fund is exhausted, and that's a year later than last year's report. But that's essentially a meaningless date. There is no trust fund, per se. The trust fund is really simply a collection of IOUs, an accounting mechanism that tells us how much money the government owes the Social Security system. The real importance is 2017, just 10 years from now, when that deficit starts. So the extra year is just a product of accounting magic? You have to understand the nature of the Social Security Trust Fund. Today, Social Security brings in more money than it spends on benefits. But that money can't be stuffed in a cigar box and buried out behind the Treasury Department. Instead, it is borrowed by the federal government and used on whatever the federal government does, building roads and bridges, invading Middle Eastern nations, building the Cowgirl Hall of Fame. That money is gone. It's spent. And what remains behind in the trust fund is simply a collection of IOUs. When the Social Security system begins to run a deficit 10 years from now, the government will have to find ways to repay those IOUs. And it can only do that if it raises taxes, borrows the money, or cuts other government spending. When will Congress or the president begin taking the need for an overhaul seriously? Unfortunately, ever since President Bush's proposed Social Security form failed, Congress has simply dug in its heels and refused to even consider any sort of reform. To show you how far we've come, Congress recently blocked the appointment of Andrew Biggs as Deputy Commissioner of Social Security simply because he once worked for the Cato Institute and because he supports personal accounts for Social Security. How would personal accounts improve on the problem? Well, personal accounts for Social Security would help solve the financial problem. But we have to remember that Social Security's problems are not just financial. Even if Social Security wasn't running an enormous deficit, and that deficit is over $15.5 trillion, that's trillion with a T, even if it wasn't running that financial deficit, Social Security would still be a bad deal for most young people, providing them with a below market rate of return. And more importantly, Social Security is not inheritable, and it offers workers no legal, property, or contractual right to their benefits. In essence, the current Social Security system is a political system, making us all dependent on the government to decide how much we're going to get in retirement. We don't own our benefits. Personal accounts would help the Social Security financial problem, and they would give workers that ownership. What happens to those personal accounts in the event of a market crash? Well, you have to understand, first of all, the dangers of the Social Security system as is. Social Security cannot pay the benefits that it's promised. It is over $15.5 trillion in debt. That's real risk. Now, compare that to the risk of the markets. Sure, markets go up, markets go down. 
But the U.S. markets over the last 75 years have had an average annual rate of return of nearly 8%. There's never been a 20-year period in U.S. history in which you would have lost money in the markets. If you compare that to the very real risks of the current Social Security system, I think you'll find out that it's much better to be in personal accounts. Besides, personal accounts are voluntary. Under all the proposed plans, people who think that the markets are too risky could stay in Social Security. But those younger workers who wanted a choice, wanted an opportunity to invest for themselves, would have that chance. Thank you, Michael. The Center for Global Liberty and Prosperity has a new study out, Troubling Signs for South African Democracy Under the ANC, authored by Marion Tupi. As South Africa celebrates the 13th anniversary of the country's first multiracial election, the nation's economy and stability are the envy of the African continent. But Marion discovers that the country's democratic record under the ANC leaves much to be desired. You'll find a study on the Cato Institute website. <laughs>